0: This is the Rich Eisen Show. It be God! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Colgate Raiders are the kings of the Patriot League. They align
1: celebrate.
2: Clark Kellogg's here uh, on the Rich Eisen show.
0: Once you get there you better strap it on and play because whoever's in front of you typically can beat you if you don't perform. Today's guests ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner, and now it's rich
2: eisen well happy monday everybody happy monday one and all right here on the rich eisen show in los angeles california i am your humble host Rich Eisen, that's the name of the show. Um, it's uh, its a big day. It's a big day, uh, certainly in uh, the world of the NFL. Free agency with the so-called, don't call it tampering, but tampering window opens up as everybody in the NFL kind of laughs like nobody's talked to one another before this window opens up today. Uh, but that's what's going down today. I've got double duty. I'll be doing this three-hour show, and then as soon as it's all over, uh, I'll be on NFL Network's free agency frenzy show right from oh, this chair. Oh, nice. Uh, and I'll be talking with our third hour guest, Kurt Warner. So our, our our chat in the third hour of this program with Pro Football Hall of Famer Kurt Warner is kind of like a little bit of a of a, uh, a pre-interview for that uh, particular part of the broadcast. Uh, also, we've got brackets. We've got uh, we've got brackets. We've got bracketology all completed. And to talk about that is my buddy Jay Billis joining us in about 19 minutes time. Mike Florio, as well on everything going on in the NFL. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. Hey buddy, what's happening? Good to see you, Mike Del Tufo. Trying to, to stay dry. Uh, my social media grandmaster TJ Jefferson in his chair as well, getting set for our fun and frolic of uh, this uh, three-hour program. Hanging in there, hanging in there. Thanks, everybody. Um, so we were wondering what, what, what gives? Uh, what gives on uh, on? on the fact that uh, we're all expecting Drew Brees to be retired. We're all expecting him to no longer play football, but uh, he's he's uh, shoving uh, sleds with, uh, with, with weights on him um, as if uh, he's thinking of coming back and all that video is being put out there. And we're like, well, if it's a done deal and if he's slashed his salary down to about a million bucks to clear space for his team, uh, and that is the indication that he's not playing football anymore, what, what gives, why wait? Well, the man is, uh, he, he, he's got a little bit of the, Um, he's got a little bit of the, I guess, tip of the cap to the history in him. He's got a little bit of um, nostalgia in him. He's got a little bit of the dramatic in him. He was waiting, it seems, for the 15-year anniversary of his announcement as the new quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Chose the same day, 15 years after he was introduced as the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints uh, attached to the hip with their new coach at the time, Sean Payton. He announces his retirement, and then he does it in uh, in, in fashion that, I'll be honest with you, leaves me hearing some footsteps. I'll describe that after in case you missed his yeah. announcement on Instagram. Go for it.
0: In 20 years in the NFL, our dad is finally going to retire. So, so we can, we can spend, spend more time with us. With us. Yay! Yay!
2: All right, there you go. His four d- adorable children announcing his retirement from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And um, he's clearly now in his uh, um, next act, coming for my title of Best Dad Ever. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling the footsteps. I would be genuinely concerned if he's coming for my title of Best Dad Ever if he didn't already also announce today on the two-day show his next act, which we were all assuming he's joining Uh, NBC Sports so we look forward to seeing him on NBC Sports on Peacock Um, the rumors of all this uh, possibility of a second act with NBC Sports is true he's going to be in the booth for Notre Dame football he's going to be in the studio for football night in America and also be part of other special events uh, for NBC Sports Drew Brees beginning his second career as uh, a broadcaster so Congratulations to Drew Brees making this announcement that he is retiring from football. And he is, as we all know, but needs to be mentioned here now that he has played his last down in the National Football League, one of the greatest of all time. He retires with a whole slew of NFL records. He retires... As the all-time passing leader, he is a Super Bowl champion. He is the only quarterback with multiple 5,000-yard seasons. Only one. Everybody else has had a 5,000-yard season. It was just once and then never again. He did it five times. (laughs) Most consecutive games of the passing touchdown led the NFL in passing seven times. That's the most of all time. He won Offensive Player of the Year twice. Pro Bowler 13 times. A baker's dozen of Pro Bowls. Uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is that patch that's on the upper left part of his jersey, that is maybe the most special patch in all of sports. We could go on and on and on and on. But here is uh, and 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 there, here's also a first that I don't think you're going to see anywhere. Or it's he's in. It's not a first. It's happened before. But he ret- he 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 retires in a select group of individuals. He retires the all-time passing yards leader. Now, Brady is about 1,000 yards and change behind him. We all know Tom is not only going to play next year, he has a contract to play (laughs) as a 45-year-old starting quarterback, and then maybe even beyond if he wants to do that for Tampa, and that's obviously down the road. Uh, Brady is going to uh, eclipse Breeze, barring anything totally unforeseen in this category, but he retires the all-time passing yards leader which is part of a select group. Here are the following quarterbacks that have retired as all-time passing yard leaders. Peyton Manning, who we all know Breeze surpassed, Favre, Marino, Fran Tarkenton, Johnny Unitas, and Y.A. Tittle. And I'm sure Tittle broke somebody's record. I decided not to go further back than that. (laughs) But I think you get the point. Tittle retired when LBJ was president. Then Unitas topped him. Tarkenton topped Unitas. Marino passed Tarkenton. Favre passed for Marino. Peyton passed Favre. And now Drew Brees has this distinction as retiring the all-time passing yards leader in the NFL. And that is something else yeah, it is certainly based on the other reasons why breeze is a unicorn and breeze is somebody I and mean, again we could go over and over i could spend the next 15 minutes with all of his records and accolades and numbers in that regard and the hall of fame you have to be able to tell the story of football without this person to keep somebody out of the hall of fame right And obviously, all those statistics and records, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Drew Brees, number nine. And you certainly can't tell the story of New Orleans football without Drew Brees. And this may be the most special aspect of Drew Brees' career. Name me somebody else who is totally synonymous with the town in which he earned his Hall of Fame stripes, named somebody who spent 15 years in that place and wasn't drafted by that team. Ooh. I am hard-pressed to think of anybody else. Hard-pressed to think of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Wasn't drafted by the team, And I know I already read in your lips over there, Mike, about (laughs) Eli Manning. And I'll say this already for all the trolls out there with you spending time trolling on the host (laughs) off microphone. Actually wasn't drafted by the team and the team that he played for that he was drafted by. He actually played for and he spent a considerable amount of time. Well, uh, how long was Big Pop? Are we just talking NFL? We're talking about the NFL, because Steve Young could be part of this group too, but he was drafted by the team that we all know was Tampa, but he also played in the USFL. Steve Young might be the only person that could be considered in this regard. Is Steve Young synonymous with San Francisco, though, like Breezes? I I, I, I think his career is synonymous with the town, but obviously there's Montana there. And you could also say Archie Manning has a special place there for various reasons. Red but F- Brees, Favre was a Falcon. Yeah, oh, right. So a I guess that's true,
0: too. Uh, yeah, man.
2: That's true, too. So then I'll top it one more time here. I'll top it one more time here. That he absolutely, and, and Favre might be an excellent analogy here, he absolutely got completely waylaid in his career, not just by the team no longer believing in him, but getting hurt. Think about how many people could rebound from the way Drew Brees' career started to become what Drew Brees retires as. It is truly remarkable. And Young might be in that category, too, because he had a battle the shadow of Montana and what have you, and he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, as Brees is going to be. But don't forget, Brees was drafted in the second round because, again, of his height, Mm -hmm. which we can put a pin in that conversation a part of the conversation, and I'll unpin it in a couple minutes. He goes there. He starts behind Doug Flutie. He starts behind Doug Flutie. Plays only in one game because Flutie gets concussed. Doesn't start until his second year, and goes eight and eight. Gets a shot the next year. Starts one and seven, and is benched for Flutie again. And week 15 hits. He gets the job back, and the record that is. Posted by the Chargers that year earns them a top ten drafting spot, and that's how Phillip Rivers came there. Okay. As we all know, San Diego was drafting first overall. They chose Eli and swapped him out for Phillip Rivers. And even though Phillip is there, Drew Brees, after Phillip Rivers gets drafted, goes twelve and four. The Chargers win their first AFC West title in ten years. They go to the playoffs, lose to the Jets in overtime. And I remember that because that was my first postseason working for NFL Network. That was the first one in 04. We came on the air in 2003. And then uh, he gets franchise tagged the next year, which is amazing that the Chargers put all this money in Phillip, who held out, by the way, which is part of the reason why Breeze was still – The starting quarterback there, and he takes that opportunity, wins the division. He gets franchise tagged, and you want to talk about a different time for eight million bucks. (laughs) And then he starts that year over Phillip, and then blows out his shoulder in the last game of the year and goes into free agency with a surgically repaired shoulder. And that's how he winds up in New Orleans, and the rest is history. How many people can tell that story? It is truly, truly unlike any other football story that makes Breeze that much more special with the one, if you will, last opportunity with a surgically repaired shoulder in a town that's wiped off the map by a hurricane, he says, I am now a New Orleans guy. I'm a New Orleanian, and I am going to take the Saints to the promised land, set every damn record for quarterbacks, and then join Peyton, Favre, Marino, Tarkenton, Unitas, and Tittle, among others, as those to retire as the all-time passing yards leader. And then we'll just quickly unpin this. And he does it. Barely able to see over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> right. Honestly. Now, Flutie might have led to Breeze being drafted, because if you want to have a quarterback who's similar to the guy that's currently starting, you, I mean, let's not forget Doug Flutie's potential influence. But... We're not batting an eyelash over Russell Wilson succeeding anymore. We didn't, you know.
0: Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is another one. You could go on and on and on.
2: They're now first overall selected quarterbacks at this position due to the height. Now, you could say Russell led to the others as well, but Breeze may have led to Russell getting a shot in Seattle, and there's other circumstances, obviously, with Pete Carroll starting people who always compete. But Breeze's imprint and footprint and fingerprint, all sorts of prints, have been left on the NFL. And certainly in the town of New Orleans, where he is as a native Texan by way of Indiana and Purdue. He only got offered by Purdue and Kentucky. That's it. Goes to Purdue, sets records there, goes to San Diego, overcomes a ton, including a torn-up shoulder to go to New Orleans and become a de facto native son of that city and build what he has built, which is a remarkable legacy, and that's how I tip the cap to Drew Brees. We'll talk about it with Kurt Warner in hour number three. And Rich, it could have been the Dolphins. Could have been, but Nick Saban, of all people, chose Dante Culpepper in his bulky knee over... The shoulder that was balky of Drew Brees. And there you go.
0: And you're talking about being synonymous with the city of New Orleans. Did announce on the Today Show and the IG post, going to stay in New Orleans. He's going to stay in town.
2: Kids must love the school there. They must love there. His charity work is second to none. Yep, That's why he's got that Walter Payton Man of the Year patch, which could be his greatest achievement in the NFL. It always is for anybody. And Kurt Warner is part of that group. One of the many reasons to have him on in hour number three. Uh, and we've got brackets. We've got brackets. Brackets. So, uh, Syracuse.
0: Oh, baby. I thought we were going to get a playing game. And what'd you get? We're playing San Diego State. There
2: you go. Let's go, baby. San Diego State.
0: Kawhi is pumped for this match. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> He's eating his apples getting ready. <laughs> uh, my alma mater's a one seed despite losing three of our
0: last five. How about that? Uh, Joe Lenardi did say he would be shocked if the four number ones changed.
2: So Michigan taking on the winner of Texas Southern Mount St. Mary's. Michigan Mount Mount St. Mary's, as you know, the year after they won the national championship, it was Mount St. Mary's that, that oh. bounced them. Oh, if you remember that back in the day. So Michigan Mount St. Mary's and, uh, and good times on all that front. So uh, one in six, it'll be one to sixteen. Michigan and the other, the other one seeds: Gonzaga, Baylor, and Illinois, which is a dynamite, red hot team coming into this tournament. Yeah. So uh, Jay Billis will join us. Let's take a break, and we'll 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 get things set up with Jay Billis, who is one of the best of the best. Mike Florio, Kurt Warner, and you here on this sprung forward edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, Jay Billis will be joining us shortly here on the program. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, about my alma mater coming into this tournament with a, okay. a little bit less than uh, a little bit banged up and not winning the Big Ten Championship, losing to Ohio State like that was not a lot of fun. No, getting blown out in the second half and then almost winning. Did you see how they almost came back? In that one. So, a little concerned about that, to but say no, the least. I mean, it
0: could be a good thing. Now you got a chance to refocus. Got a, a whole week to kind of think about it, stew on it, let that's that what, motivate you.
2: That's why I wanted you to post the video of me having fun at the expense of Michigan State by MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage <laughs> before the game. I did, in fact, text you that you did, you on did. Saturday.
0: <laughs> before.
2: I know. Uh, let's go to the phone lines here eight four four two zero four rich number to dial. Brock in Missouri, you're first up uh, here on the Rich Eisen show here on a busy Monday. What's up, Brock? Hey guys, uh, great show. Love you on Peacock. Thank Thanks you, sir. Love that you love us there. Thank you.
1: Hey, uh, possible trivia question uh, or a tidbit or knowledge that uh, you could throw out to your boys? Yes, sir. Uh, sometimes is uh, Drew Brees. The only quarterback feature Hall of Famer that we know of uh, that has uh, jumped on the back of an alligator with bare
2: and killed it? <laughs> okay. All right. I would, I would say yes. Okay. Yeah, very good. Uh, probably true. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much. There we go. That's Brock in Missouri, everybody.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I see Gardner Minshew doing it. Well, I'm looking this up. Is that a real thing? He did. How about that? 2016.
2: So, um, one of the first monster free agent signings of our of the uh, NFL free agency period just happened. Um, Shaq Barrett has hit it. Four-year deal worth 72 million dollars, oh, including 36 million fully guaranteed, and that is what uh, Drew Rosenhaus has told ESPN, according to Adam. Schefter
0: staying in Tampa.
2: Now I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. You what. Normally I say that about the the um, the Raiders. Shaq Barrett was on the Broncos, and he was because we have focused totally on last year's free agency period in terms of the Buccaneers building their championship team. What with Brady and Gronk and Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown all yep. being added, yep. um, and you know, obviously that was some of them throughout the season. But the Shack Barrett signing for Tampa came two free agent periods ago. He was just a guy who had a big upside with a lot of talent from Denver. He was on the Broncos, I and, I that. and he was on the Broncos, and he was learning at the you know at the side of Von Miller, and the Broncos couldn't keep him, and the Bucks brought him in, and if you remember, he had a remarkable season two years ago yeah and then last year earned a franchise tag and now he has hit it as the bucks are trying to keep all of their championship pieces together so uh we'll keep an eye on all of that as mike florio joins us in hour number two and my buddy from the worldwide leader in sports with brackets we've got brackets uh back here on the rich Eisen show is jay billis how are you jay
1: I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? I
2: am loving the fact that it's the first time in two years I've had brackets in my hands, so that's terrific. I'm enjoying that. That is
1: a good thing. I know that is a good thing.
2: I know that. So, uh, what's your impressions of what you what you have in your hands, and what what do you what do you think uh, deserves spotlighting, Jay Billis?
1: Well, first of all, you have no idea what I have in my hands right
2: now. Hey now, other than a phone, okay, unless your hands free, but. They're very good. The, uh, okay. I thought the I thought the bracket was pretty balanced.
1: Honestly, there was not a whole lot of griping going on. Part of that might be that we're so grateful to have the tournament back yes. uh, right. that, that we're not you know we're not taking a swing at the committee indiscriminately trying to knock them out. But the other part, I think, is that they did a good job. Um, usually, you can look at at uh, the regions and say, well, this is the hardest region by far, and this you know this team got a break. And I didn't feel that way about any of the regions. And honestly, Rich, I didn't feel. That any of the teams that got left out got screwed. Um, you know, most of them just weren't all that good. I mean, Louisville could make a pretty good case uh, because I think COVID derailed them more than
2: anything. Right.
1: But but honestly, I didn't feel like uh, like a bunch of these teams got a job. And you know, every year it feels that way, and it didn't feel that way this year. So overall, I think the committee did a pretty good job. Maybe it was the distancing that did it. That they uh, they couldn't they couldn't talk one another into bed. <laughs> <that they didn't. laughs>
2: okay, so we can actually say there is a benefit to not being in the same room. Uh, I dig that. Um, so, uh, what what did you think of the one seeds? I mean, that th- I guess are we talking chalk here? That's what we all expected to get the one seeds the way that it all went down. Despite my alma mater losing a, a couple of their last. Three games. What do you think?
1: Yeah, those were no-brainers. Um, you know, the only question mark you had was was how would they treat Michigan with Isaiah Livers out. But my sense is, with this sort of stress reaction thing, that there's a good chance he'll be back. If he's not back, um, they're still very good, but they're not elite offensively. They're just very good offensively. Like they 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 could have won. Um, you know, they could have beaten uh, one in the tournament, uh, the Big Ten tournament, without him. But they had a shot to win uh, against Ohio State at the end. Um, but with him, they're a they're, they're, they're lead on the offensive end. But they got, a, they got a pretty difficult draw to play without him. If they wind up, it's going to be a really good 8-9 game between St. Bonaventure and LSU. If they wind up going against LSU, LSU's got some athletes, man. And they are actually starting to guard people. That was a problem early in the year. They didn't guard anybody. And uh, and they got beat several times by teams that shouldn't have beat them, but uh, but they're playing now, and they've got NBA talent. They've got some really good players. Cam Thomas is a is an NBA player.
2: So um, I guess which which one seed do you think has the best chance to win? If you think the the ones are going to make it, uh, I'll give you the floor on that one then.
1: Yeah, I don't think all the ones are going to make it. Um, that's only happened once in the history of the tournament, back in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. when all four number ones uh, made it. So, you know, I, I I think somebody will get tripped up. Um, you know, given that Livers is out, uh, I hate to say this to you, but it's it's only Michigan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Gonzaga is the best team, and I think they're going to win it. Um, and and they got a great draw. Like they're two, three, and the two, three, and four seeds in their region in the West. They've already played, and they beat the hell out of each one of them. And two of them are compromised now: um, uh, Virginia and Kansas. They both uh, had to drop out of their conference tournaments with this COVID stuff. And I don't think—I don't think the, them quarantining for a week, uh, both Virginia and, uh, and Kansas, it may not hurt them that bad, but it ain't going to make them better. So, uh, so I think Gonzaga's got you know—had had a good break there.
2: How do you think uh, the NCAA handling handling? Uh... COVID-19 and that situation to use your phrase there what do you think
1: well overall I think everything has been good I mean it just goes against what they've always said they're about I mean the idea that you know remember when the pandemic first hit uh you know they kind of came down with this hoity-toity thing about no students on campus no college sports and then they looked at each other and go, wait a minute if we don't have students on campus we got to make money here they said, all right, forget that no students on campus. Uh, online education means students are technically on campus, therefore we're going to play. And then and then they said, including the Big Ten commissioner, the Pac-12 commissioner said, we will not play in bubbles. That we are not the NBA. We are college sports. And we've kept the players in complete and total isolation during the season. And they're in, in a, a very real bubble in Indianapolis now. I don't have any problem with it. But but it, it, it's pretty odd that the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball can play and let their players go home at night and see their families. But we can't pull this off in college sports. And, uh, and so I, I, don't, I don't particularly care for the choice, the, the quote-unquote choice that's been given to the players of if you want to play, here's what you're going to do when the coaches and staff were able to go home to their families all year and, and they were the biggest threat to, to the players getting COVID were the, the staff. Um, but, but I get it in the, in the bubble. Like, you know, the, the, so how about this, Rich? The selection committee, hmm. uh, nobody in that bubble is allowed out of their hotel unless they are going to the arena. So even the selection committee, uh, they can't leave their hotel, go get a cup of coffee, go on a walk. And could you imagine if uh, if one of the, you know, one of those administrators, somebody snaps a picture of them, you yeah. know, with a Starbucks cup in their hands, walking without a mask or something, everybody go nuts because the players are being, you know, quarantined this way.
2: Jay Bellis here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, also odd, one would say, uh, is that your alma mater Duke is not in this tournament. How would you describe their season? I mean, if somebody just came from another planet, knowing what Duke is all about and what what it has been all about, certainly on the court and, and in the classroom, et cetera, so on and so forth. How, how would you describe Duke's 2020-2021 season, Jay Billis?
1: Well, I wouldn't have to explain to extraterrestrials Duke or Coach K. They, they yeah. uh, I think the entire known universe uh, nice. uh, knows all about Coach K. Nice. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that this is a year – this has been a year where Duke got to – the Duke fans got to feel what it's like to be everybody else. And, and, you know, most teams out there were, were like Duke. They're, 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 they're good and they're good on certain days and they can beat anybody on a, on a given day, but they just don't have that many given days. And, and they're going to have three game losing streaks and Duke, Duke experienced what it's like for, for the rest of the world to be on the bubble. And the fans don't remember that because it hadn't happened in, in 35 years. And um, so it, there are different, like Duke and Kentucky had the number one and number two recruiting classes this year. But recruiting classes are different. And uh, and there was no Zion. There was no Anthony Davis. There were no ty- players like that that were transformational superstars. Those stars went to Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham, went to USC, Evan Mobley, went to Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs. So th- there, were, there were one and two because they had a number of good players rather than having superstar talent. And the, the guys they have are going to be really good, and, and a number of them are going to play in the NBA. They're just not ready for the, to to be load carriers in the spotlight right this second. And that's been unusual for Duke and Kentucky. Um, but the you know the tournament will go on without them. They'll be everybody will be fine. But I think it's it's good for the fans to recognize there is a difference between uh, some of these super talents that they've had and uh, and guys that are just really, really, you know, really good players.
2: So, why do you think so many others were talking about Duke's business with Jalen Johnson, Jay? What do you think?
1: Well, I I, I think that whole Jalen Johnson thing um, I, I think became somewhat of a controversy because uh, you had people that were saying they're better off without him, as if he was the problem, and and he wasn't. Like when it's funny, Rich, when he was injured. And people were going, "What's wrong with Duke?" The first thing everybody said was, "They need Jalen Johnson back." Yes. And when he came when he came back, the first game back, he came off the bench. He had twenty four points, fifteen rebounds, seven assists, four blocks, and zero turnovers, and they lost by a bucket. And and everybody's like, "Man, they got to get the ball to Jalen Johnson more." Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson is this, but when he decided to leave and 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 quit, whatever you want to call it, opt out. First of all, when when people say my way is the highway, don't be surprised when somebody takes the highway. And that's what college basketball says to these guys: it's my way of the highway. And so he decided to quit. I don't agree with the decision. I think he would have been better off sticking it out. But but he he kind of got attacked, honestly. And I think it was fine to say, hey, was it the right decision for him to opt out? You know, what, what, is that the best for his future? Is that the best for his NBA status? Is that the best for him as a player and a teammate and a person? That's all fair game, and we should discuss that stuff. But when somebody says uh, he was hurting them, uh, come on, man, that's not true. That's just the system saying, hey, if you do this, the rest of you, if you do this, if you opt out of a bowl game, if you decide you're going to opt out here, we're coming after you and we're coming after your character. And I just think that's wrong.
2: Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen Show from the Worldwide Leader in Sports. And before we just uh, finish up with the tournament once again, Boy, you were the first person I thought of on Friday. Uh, I made a little bit of a meal of this as a Michigan guy. Uh, but I, you were the first person I thought of when I heard the, read the press release from Michigan State and Rocket Mortgage that the team will be known. It doesn't have to be known and broadcast, but I guess it'll be emblazoned on the court or somewhere in the Breslin Center. MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. What did you think of when you heard of that? Particular well, I, business, had, I had
1: some fun with it because I think it is really funny, um, but it, it's really no big deal. I mean, uh, somebody grabbed that. I think it was Yahoo Sports grabbed that out mm-hmm. of the Rocket Mortgage press release. Yes. But it's pretty standard stuff about sponsorship and the the university making money and all that. You know, it's the same as Nick Saban standing on his podium with a Coca-Cola and a Dasani water in front of him. Uh, you know, I didn't get paid for that. I, sh- I shouldn't have. I should have just said a, a sponsored beverage. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm losing money here, Red. Jay, come on, come on Jay. This.
2: It's all content, Jay. It's all good. <laughs> Keep but, going. But, but you know,
1: they Michigan State was a little sensitive about it at first, but it's really no big deal. We were just made, we were just having a laugh at the system, not necessarily at them. They were just the ones in the crosshairs for the moment. It'll be somebody else soon, you know, because no. everything is for sale, including the players. And uh, it's just it's kind of laughable at times.
2: But I've never look, look, as I I said on Friday show that, I, you know, obviously Under Armour, you know, in Maryland and Nike and and Oregon and, you know, uh, uh, obscenely rich alums making business deals with their schools and 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 sports programs is nothing new, but presented by that's that's just something that it, it. I think that's what got everyone's attention because it's it literally sounds like something's brought to you by it's a flat out commercial you know what I'm saying like that's the that might be the difference maker
1: Jay. well it was just the wording of it right. because when, when, just even when they have a postgame press conference though it's the it's the logo of the university and rocket mortgage. Um, and and that you know that happens at Duke, it happens at North Carolina, it happens everywhere. They've got their sponsor behind them, so it's all a big money grab. I don't blame them. The problem isn't the money that they're making or the revenue they're generating. That's all fine. I have zero problem with that. It's that you're cutting out only one segment of uh, of of the uh, the population, that being the athlete. And you know what's funny during the pandemic, Rich is is I was asking, you know, people were saying, yeah, they, oh the kid, they keep calling them kids. The kids want to play. The kids want to play. I'm like, okay. Well, well, tell me what other student, uh, what other student has a university put on an airplane in the past 12 months for a university function? Anyone? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't. You know, this is for money. We're doing this for money. And, and, and it's great that, that the composition is great. It, it's, it's a great thing for the players. It's a great thing for the coaches. It's a great thing for the broadcasters. It's great. But, but the world wouldn't spin off its axis if the players made money. And we didn't stop watching the Olympics when they could make money. We don't we don't care wh- uh, how much money Tiger Woods makes. We, you know, we don't care whether, you know, whether amateur golfers are getting uh, manufacturers deals uh, for their equipment and their apparel. Nobody cares. And they won't care in college sports. And so, like, I don't know why the NCAA keeps fighting this fight. And they're going to fight it on March, 20- March 31st before the United States Supreme Court. Um, it, it, it it just baffles it baffles me that we're making this kind of money and then we're, we're telling the telling the, the players that if you take an extra sandwich, you know we're gonna we're gonna burn you at the stake. I, I can't just
2: it's crazy. Well, I gotta say you, you can do something for me, Jay, because you're in a position to do this calling games and talking about these games. Is it for a Michigan State player instead of saying what they're shooting from the field, you could call it an annual percentage rate? Um, you know what I mean? Like their APR from the field is 50%. Like that would be fantastic if you did that. Oh, I...
1: Jay. I can do that. I can do that in a heartbeat. And, what I'm saying, uh, and especially oh, yeah. the Rich Eisen show. Brought to you by a hoopty. That's it. Here you go.
2: <laughs> they go. Well, you know, I, I would like to think something a little bit more expensive than that, but I understand where you're going on that.
1: Well, it can be. A, it can be any car you want. It can be a Maserati. It can be whatever you want. You know it's, what I mean? Like if a, college
2: hoopty tonight. If one, if, if college hoop tonight. <laughs> do you remember that? that joke?
1: Of course I, I do. I, I still laughing about that. That might have been the funniest I, thing i would ever heard. Of the <laughs>
2: I do remember that that's like a 20 year old reference which is insane in its own self that
1: was the Ray the rake Carruth trial uh you were reporting that that a witness had said that he had gotten a hoopty, which is which is a, a sniper car mm-hmm. and uh, and then you had to do a promo for our show next which at the time was called college hoops tonight and you call it you said oh coming up next
2: college, college hoopty tonight, tonight. <laughs> you know I'm sure management cringed when I made that reference but it's all good. Uh, Jay Jay Bill is here on the Rich Eisen Show okay before I let you go uh, you picked every game of the tournament on ESPN.com what are you hoping to to hit what's your hit rate that you're hoping for Uh, predicting every game in the NCAA tournament Jay
1: Every year it's 100%. I don't see why it wouldn't be this year, uh, even in the bubble.
2: So, you know, I I account for every variable,
1: Mm -hmm. so there's never a problem. The only problem there is is uh, how it affects the gambling lines because uh, so many people are going to win.
2: Okay, so everyone (laughs) should go check it out. He's a 100%. I feel like now I should give an 888 number for the lock lock of the first round with Jay Billis. I feel like I should do that right now.
1: You look yeah. at that; it's like that that Back to the Future movie where the guy had the magazine, the future almanac, sports almanac, and he could bet everything because he knew the outcome. You know the outcome now. Wait,
2: I do know that. I do know that. And as a matter of fact, uh, normally sometimes you would know the outcome. But I also saw on your Twitter feed today at Jay Billis, as I let you go, sir. Uh, what uh, what one seeds are uh, against sixteen seeds in the history of the NCAA tournament? One thirty nine and one. You got an interesting response, Jay. Yeah,
1: UM- UMBC said they hadn't heard that news, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I-, I think they should have just read the paper because uh, I'm pretty sure it was covered.
2: Look at that back and forth. They're they're gonna they will live that they will dine out on that for forever, forever more.
1: And they should. It may-, it may be the only one ever. Actually, the 16 seeds fared better when they first came onto the radar uh, back in 1985. Uh, the-, the games were a lot closer. The margins are much wider now.
2: One thirty-nine and one is your final uh, is your final tally going into this uh, tournament, Jay. Thank you for the call, appreciate it. Let's chat. Uh, I think we're I, I, you were kind enough to say you will chat with us after the national championship game, so I will chat with you then. On Looking the forward to it. Thanks, Rich. You got it. It's Jay Billis right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Love Jay. I can't believe I made that reference. I Hoopty. forgot. Look, that's what that's lawyers awesome. lawyers remember everything. everything. You know, I uh, I I had totally forgotten about that.
0: That sounds about right, though, on brand for you. What? Back in those days? Making,
2: making light of one of the most serious trials in the history of sports athletes?
0: I'm just saying early in your... Like a pun, like a in turn your, in a
2: phrase? Early, where, yeah, early I'm in saying my early career. early in your
0: career, a lot of jokes.
2: They were all jokes. A lot of jokes. You turned into a lot there. My hoopty rolling, pipe dragon. Heat don't work, girl keep nagging. Here's my favorite, here's my favorite, uh, <laughs> throwing a break, okay? In the history of the, uh, or Ortiz or in, in a history of, of, uh, of throwing a break. I'll just tell this story. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Dave Soup Campbell. Remember Dave Soup Campbell? I do. Okay.
0: By the way, that Ray Carruth trial in 1999.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, it was three years into my career. I shouldn't have been joking about it. But anyway, um, so here's my favorite throwing a break in the history of Center for a show that's coming up next. As Jay Billis just said, you know, College Hoops Tonight was coming. but. Oh, next and I made a joke about it so it's baseball tonight coming up next baseball tonight was to the right of us on the sports center set we were all in this small studio back in the day okay so all they did was take the cameras that were focused on sports center and just turn them 90 degrees and you got a whole new set that way right on the same in the same room the magic of television so Dave Soup Campbell um told this story about being a rookie in the um major league baseball and then meeting Mickey Mantle for the first time while he was um, indisposed, to say the least. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I cannot, (laughs) I would be, to use the phrase from that thing you do, it would be ungentlemanly of me to comment more about what what state that uh, the Mick was in at the time. Okay? So Dan Campbell sits down, and Dan Patrick, throwing a break, I'm doing SportsCenter with Dan, he goes, Hey, everybody, coming up next, baseball tonight. Soup Campbell's already settled into his seat. He's going to tell everybody his favorite Mickey Mantle story. At which point Dave Campbell is just writing down in a, in a notebook and he just holds up his middle finger to Dan just like that. It doesn't look up the entire time. And as I, wow. I walk off the set and I say to Dan, I'm like, you know, people are going to be tuning into the entire baseball tonight. And by the end they'll say, where was the Mickey Mantle story? And Dan just goes, <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot from Dan Patrick in my days on ESPN. <laughs>
0: That's so good. That's great.
2: <laughs> Back with what I think is one of the best signings already of free agency in the NFL. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. in store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how of thing. Paula, while
0: certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a
1: budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen.
2: Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, we just saw Chris Brockman through the years wearing clown makeup. Uh, which is what you? Which is the punishment for finishing DFL in the Rich Eisen Show NCAA Tournament office pool?
0: More impressive feat, Buffalo losing four straight Super Bowls, or me losing four straight March Madness? I contests. think it's
2: clearly uh, you, Thank even you. though it's tough to make four straight Super Bowls. It is. Uh, to yeah. finish last four straight years in an NCAA Tournament pool. Yeah. Certainly, when your Syracuse orange were much better than yeah, much, this year. Much okay. Better. So, uh, my children, though, uh, Zan was in one year um, and beat us all. And now he wants back in. Remarkably, uh, as um, ESPN.com sent me an email to remind me hey, let's get you back in the pool here. Um, he got 75% of his 2019 bracket correct as a 10 year old. Oof watching none of college basketball except hearing about it. So beware the fact that my younger, my youngest son, who is far more attuned, he wants in, and then my daughter, Taylor, who will probably utilize what Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist, mentioned on Friday, choosing all the oh, dog names yep, of yep, schools. Yep. She would have nailed UMBC because True. it's a dog name. She would have nailed that upset. She wants in. We're gonna have to do it. All right, so we okay, do we gotta do it. Hey. Maybe we have an extra day
0: to figure it all out, do I guess. Something.
2: Because the I'm out. Round... No, 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 you're not out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I'm
0: out. You got a... somebody's gonna fill my bracket out then. I haven't watched anything. I, I haven't watched college basketball. Well, wait, it's flip, all good.
2: flip a coin and do flip it. Flip a coin. Nope. Uh, or just look at Jay Billis. He said 100% of his uh, choices for yeah, all, all the games, for, he says, are 100% accurate. So you accurate. photocopy Jays, that's my pick. <laughs> well, you've, you copied all your work off in school. so yeah, nothing, nothing new there, Mike. So uh, Shaq Barrett signed a, a monster contract today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, there was a signing over the weekend that I thought was imperative. It was imperative for the team to do it, and I'm glad that they did do it. And he's one of our favorite people. That's another reason why I thought – it was imperative, uh, even though you know NFL teams don't really care. Sometimes deep down, that somebody's been so terrific and that they drafted him and he made the most of an opportunity. Um, it does count for something. But when you're actually figuring out the puzzle piece of a, of a salary cap, certainly in a year that it contracts, which never happens, these things might not happen. Even though it's uh, good news, Aaron Jones. Uh, reportedly the deal is four years, $48 million for a running back that was drafted in 2017. That's a nice contract for a running back in this day and age where, you know, he's the proof, positive, that can win football games with. And you could do that again in 2021 in this draft, right? Look at what the Los Angeles Rams are going to come into next year with Cam Akers, just for as an example, right? But this kid drafted out of UTEP, he became the lowest-drafted running back for the Packers to make a Pro Bowl since Dorsey Levins in 1997. Whew. But most importantly for me, with the fact that he is so dynamite coming out of the backfield, not only running it, but match-up nightmare. This is a wheel-route nightmare, okay? This is a... Or, or just go-out-in-the-flat nightmare. And... Matt LaFleur knows how to use him, But if your quarterback is all kumbaya and saying he's been working on his chi and is all meditative and all contemplative and all copacetic, I know I just used three (laughs) words that might cause you to look it up, but he said on this show, Aaron Rodgers, that he was working on his – Meditation and working on himself and his mindset. And despite all of that, brought up his future after losing the NFC Championship game and wondering if the guy across the way in Tom Brady has it better because he is being listened to the most by his coaching staff and certainly front office is building for the now because of this guy's closing window whenever the hell Brady decides it's closed. If he's thinking that and you let Aaron Jones walk, And Aaron Rodgers has been on this show talking about Aaron Jones in ways that you don't hear him talk about many others. Got to get that done. Certainly when you don't franchise tag him and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, that's no safety net there, and then you do get it done long-term, kudos to the Packers. Well done. That kid is awesome, and you have drafted him, and you have homegrown him in your system, and now go to work. Go to work. And give this guy the rock. So the Pack drafted two players last year, quarterback and running back, that they essentially don't need. Now you know why Rodgers was upset. But you also have got Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon was needed. You know, you never know when you're going to need him. You need depth at that position. So I'll push back on that a little bit. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show coming up.